Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. I want to give you an edge, a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. It's often the little things, small behaviors, that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. Adjusting for retirement. This is number one of three podcasts that we are going to be discussing when it comes to adjusting for retirement, adjusting to retirement, and adjusting in retirement. Different phases, and we wanted to actually break it out because there's so much around each phase. So sometimes people might be saying, you know, how do you know, Ed? You're probably 15, 20 years away from retiring. Well, 25 years of experience in dealing with, it's at least many hundreds, if not thousands of people who have been saving for retirement and as they're retiring and then living off their investments when they retire. Well, it's not just about financial things. And today we're going to talk about some financial things, but as you will see in our bullet points, there's a lot of stuff around all of that. So James and I wanted to delve into that. But first, James, you have a, a nice story for us an example of, again, we're going to have to listen to James being a Cubs fan, but James, what does this have to do with? So retirement has a lot to do with the Cubs, right? Uh, I always try to relate anything financially to the Chicago Cubs because that is uh, very enjoyable for me. But uh, Joe Madden, our former manager, still love the guy to death. Uh, he has a pretty powerful quote. He had it in 2016. If we remember what happened in 2016, Ed, what did we? What did the Chicago Cubs do in 2016? Oh, oh we won the World Series. I was crying. Yeah, uh, could not agree more. I was bawling. My wife was sleeping, and I was crying. <laughs> so uh, Joe Madden, he has a very, he had a very powerful quote prior to that season. It's always resonated with me, and I think it applies here to retirement. So uh, his quote is, "Do not let the pressure exceed the pleasure." So how does that relate to here? I'm thinking through. Okay. We talk to so many people that are coming close to retirement or just past retirement, and it's change. They're stressed out. They feel all this pressure. Well, in the reality, it's something that you've earned. Enjoy it. Don't let that pressure exceed the pleasure of retirement. So my self-realized lesson uh, being 32 years old about retirement, that's, that's what I've got. <laughs> Well, it's so important. Like you said, change is inevitable. Change is always, not always, but it does create anxiety at times. But our belief is that if you do some of these things or all of these things, it will help alleviate a lot of that. And, and the reason is, is because I have seen you know, a lot of people do this on their own. I've gleaned as much as I can and tried to incorporate a lot of these things when we help people. Uh, as they get ready for retirement. So that's what we wanted to do today was just how do you adjust for it as it comes? Whether whether you're months or a number of years away, I think doing these things could really help. So what's the first one, James? You tackle that for us. Sure. So, uh, you know, the first piece really is is to map out a retirement game plan, we'll call it. Very different than a financial plan. A, a retirement game plan. What that really means is think through over the next one year, five years, 10 years, 30 years, what do you want to be doing? 
Um, and so you can actually break it down even to a daily game plan, right? Structure is still going to be important, but it's going to got to be fun structure. And so, you know, you've always told me from the much more experience you have, Ed, with working with retirees is to focus on experiences. When you're mapping out that game plan in retirement, focus on those experiences. Why is that more important than other, other facets of, of game planning? Well, all human beings, we all do this. Just think about like what, what carries you through the day today. A lot of times it's we have something coming up we look forward to right? We, we all have different things that we like. I mean, here's an example. Just today, this morning, Catherine, my wife, said to me, you know, we, we kind of have been, we came out of the summer. We've been going through the grind a little bit. We've had a lot of things change in our life with our kids going off to college. And she's tired. She, um, she's a psychologist. She is the busiest she's ever been. She feels terrible because she actually probably four, five, six times a week is turning people down because she's so full because of what happened with COVID. There's a lot of uh, yeah. anxiety and depression. And so she's doing a great job helping a lot of people, but she needs a break pretty soon. So she said, you know, I really would like to get away. And I said to her, all right, well, let's narrow this down. You know, do you want to go somewhere warm? I knew, I knew the answer was going to be yes. And she said, yes. And then I said, all right, Florida, Arizona, or California? And she said, I don't know. Well, I said, well, we've got to think about it. So it's the same thing for retirement. We all want to plan for those, map those things out on what are experiences that you're looking forward to. I mean, for me, someday it will be, hopefully I have many more grandchildren. It'll be, how can I, if my children allow me to help take care of those grandchildren, even if it's once a week or see them once a week or whatever. Yeah. I, I think too, uh, what, you, what you hit home there is it, it allows us to look forward to something very frequently too, whether it's even small pieces, right? Which ties into hobbies. Um, you know, you want to keep yourself going during retirement to some degree, but hobbies, right? So I have a very close friend who uh, retired a couple years ago and frankly, it scared her. She was a very successful worker. And she had concerns about, you know, what am I going to be doing going forward to make sure I make the impact that I'm so used to, so accustomed to. So what she decided to do is actually open up a little craft shop. And she sells these crafts every Saturday and every Sunday. And it gives her something to do that she enjoys. She Certainly she makes a little money, which is great. But it's something to look forward to. And I think that is so important when you map out your game plan on what do you want to be doing. First off, make it fun. Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. Make it fun and uh, make sure that that game plan is mapped out throughout your entire life. Yeah, that's that's great. In fact, my guess is even if she makes a little bit of money, it has nothing to do with that money because I know who she is and she was very successful, but she probably just gets so much joy out of being around these people who enjoy that same thing. That's uh, that's a That's a great example. The second one is a more financial one. This one is about income. Now, we have touched on this, if you recall, in the other podcast. Retirement income, how to take it. There's a lot of things around that. Well, before that, you actually have to figure out, you know, usually people just say, oh, well, I got to live off of this. Well, we got to break it down a little bit. When we go back to that point number one that you had, James, which is mapping it all out, we all know that we have regular expenses, everyday expenses, every month expenses, things that we're always going to have to pay for. Those are what we call needed expenses, just things that you are going to need to pay for no matter what. Everything else above and beyond that are desired expenses. Those might be vacations. 
Some people want to go on one monster vacation a year. Some people might want to go to Vegas numerous times a year. It really, it really doesn't matter. But what we want to do is extract all of those things that you had mapped out and say, what are these things going to cost? And if I had my druthers, if I had everything I wanted, how much would all of that cost? And so we have to break it down into those two areas. And once we do that, we can actually do some reverse math and figure out how much does that end up being total and how much does it end up being separate. You have a good story when it comes to this, right, James? Yeah. So I just recently met with a couple who uh, was approaching retirement and they weren't sure when they wanted to actually retire. We had to dig into it a little bit. But, you know, the, the biggest stress factor for them, rightfully so, is uh, making sure that they still have the right paycheck. You know, I think we touched on this last time in our, in our income podcast as well, but it is very, very difficult when you're used to making a certain amount of money and earning that money to go from making that to now making nothing and having passive income from your investments. It's a big shift. It's a big change. And so one way to overcome that is to recreate your paycheck. Find all, again, all the sources of income that you have, set up that monthly cash flow. And so, you know, when we talked with them about it, we decided to do that. We decided to say, hey, we're worried about having a not having a paycheck anymore. Let's recreate our own paycheck, given all the sources. Make sure we don't run out of money, of course, but get that cash flow that we're used to so it's not a big adjustment. It seemed to, to go over pretty well. Great. Yeah, that's good. So what about the third piece? The third point. Be intentional about finding your own community. So we all, communities are different to everybody. We all have different types of uh, preferences, different types of favorites, things we like to do, right? Whether it's a church community, whether it's a golf community, fishing, crafts, like I mentioned, be intentional about finding your own. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, it's amazing from my experience talking to so many retirees, they don't have any regrets about joining some of these communities, reconnecting with old friends, socializing. And Ed, I know you have more stories than I could ever imagine about this from the experiences you've had with uh, working with retirees. Uh, why don't you share one or two of those? Yeah, in fact, I have two. One is going out and the other one is actually staying in. So one of my dear clients, he, he was a professional bridge player. He ran a company. He eventually retired. And then he's somewhat of an introverted guy. So he, he ended up um, doing more and more things on his computer, but he was stimulated all the time. He's a very smart guy. So he always wanted to be stimulated intellectually. And he used to compete doing various types of things on the internet. And he, he became part of this community, became friends with these people. He didn't see him face to face, but you know, it wasn't the whole thing he did in life. He, he, he was married. And, and so there's one example, but another one I had of a client who was, again, he was an introverted guy, but he decided to join a ski club that went out to Colorado a couple times a year. It was great for him because now that he wasn't working anymore, he had to fill some of that time in the winter, and, and it was a really good example. And so, you know, again, you're right. I mean, there's just so many different ways, but we want to have something that we connect to and and look forward to connecting with others whether whether it's face to face or in a variety of ways that leads into the next one which is the fourth one keeping your mind going so important keeping your mind going so I was thinking of a lot of examples, but then I just realized this last weekend. So this last weekend I went to go see my parents and I was sitting in the living room with my two sisters. And uh, my mom wasn't there. And I said to them, well, what's going on with mom? And they're like, oh, she's in her office. 
so you got to understand, my mom's 81, and she isn't able to do some of the things like pay all the bills and do all the things that she used to do, but she always liked keeping busy. So uh, so what they said was she actually has this huge project. So, so my mom's 81. She actually loves, loves, loves to send birthday cards, anniversary cards. It's just she's very sentimental, always has been, always will be. And she wants to leave this legacy of doing this going forward. So what she's done is she's asked my one sister, could you continue to do that on my behalf? And she actually has bought all of the birthday cards and the anniversary cards for many years to come for me and my siblings and my and their grandkids. And I think it was really, really cool. It's keeping her busy. It's keeping her stimulated. She really enjoys doing that. And now she knows she's going to be able to, you know, do that, do that e- even as a legacy in the future. So do you think you're going to be getting some of those later on? Uh, well, if my other sister, you know, um, uh, eventually adheres to that, then I will. But uh, <laughs> as long as she's not asking me to do it, my one sister is much better at it than I am. Yeah, that's a really neat story. Talk about leaving a legacy. That's pretty powerful yeah, stuff. Really cool. So that's the fourth one. What's the last one, James? So in summary, we have mapping out your retirement game plan, right? Mapping out what you want to be doing, primarily focusing on those experiences. Number two, recreating that paycheck to make sure that you can pay for all those experiences to to have those things to look forward to. Number three, reconnecting with others, right? Being intentional about finding your own community. And number four, keeping your mind going. Last one, but certainly not the least one. If you're married, make sure you uh, focus on spending quality time together and make sure you focus on spending quality time apart. Seems a little interesting to say it that way. But Ed, why don't you tell us why that's important? Yeah. So I actually just yesterday, we were doing a review with one of our clients and they are very keen on understanding this. They're getting close. They're a couple years away. And I asked the gentleman, he actually is in a financial situation where he he could probably retire today. And he knows it because I said to him, are you waiting for a couple more years for financial reasons? Or, or is it something else? And he said, no, you know, Ed, I think we know that, you know, financially we could probably do it today. It's more of, I really enjoy what I'm doing. You know, I enjoy going to work. I, he's, he's, he's very successful uh, in what he does. And I think it's, he enjoys it. It's stimulating. They have some grandchildren and he, he likes, likes the balance of that. His wife likes that. And, and they kind of made some comments, uh, which were cute. They have a great relationship. Just talking about, you know, I don't really want him here all the time. And she was joking, and I understand that. But, but the idea is we have to figure out, you know, what are we going to do? What's the rhythm of life going to be? Because most people cannot be together every waking moment, every waking second, their whole lives, right? You know, that's why sometimes work has been, has been good, because it keeps you a little apart. I mean, in fact personal story. When I started the company 15 years ago, my wife, as I told you, was a psycholo- is a psychologist. She started her own business at the same time. We actually found space at the same location and we shared it. Well, she sees people on the hour. Well, sometimes she had these hour periods of time where she was off. I started my company and I'm working, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours straight, just getting things going. And she would have an hour off and she would mosey on into my office and she would be like, so what's going on? 
And I'm I was, sure you love that. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm working <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just starting a company and I'm a little stressed and I got to get this thing going. And, you know, and she w- didn't have the same situation. And so my wife and I have always said, we love each other dearly, but we would never work together just because, you know, we need to be apart sometimes. And so finding that rhythm between the two of you is super important before and then figuring out how are you going to do it later on. I think that's well said, finding that rhythm. I remember a, a commercial several years ago that uh, resonated with me. You know, maybe we don't just plan for retirement. We just plan for what's next. James, in conclusion, do you really care about any of these five points? Absolutely, I care. Why, why do you ask me that? Well, I, I wasn't sure. Ah, yeah. Well, I will be close to retirement at some point, and I will listen to myself 30 years back and uh, try to remember some of this stuff. So, And I think it's time now for Food for Thought. This is probably the one that I'm most excited about. Why? It's because I've been doing this particular food item for the longest time. I don't even know exactly when I started making these probably eight to 10 years old. So we got to lay kind of the situation. The situation is I grow up with two awesome parents who are working their butts off their whole lives. My dad had a full-time job at a factory. He worked the graveyard shift, 11 at night to seven in the morning, and then would be awake, but then would be sleeping up until he went to work. So I didn't see my father a lot in the evenings. And then my mom, she worked the second shift. She was a telephone operator. That was back before you could Google phone numbers. You had to call a phone number, dial 411, and say, hey, what's the phone number for or whatever. So my mom did that. And that was from like 3 in the afternoon till 10 at night. So I grew up with my sisters, and I was by myself. A lot of casseroles to eat. But the one thing that my parents always left in the freezer was ice cream. And somehow at a young age, I figured out how to make milkshakes. I made a lot of milkshakes. In fact, as I was a kid, my friends would want to come over. I think sometimes not to hang out with me, but just to have milkshakes. And so I brought that into my marriage. My wife never ate ice cream until we started getting married and she couldn't believe that I was doing this. And now virtually every night she eats ice cream. I don't always make her a milkshake, but you know, I've done it my whole life. I still do it today. When my daughter comes home from college, she has me make a milkshake for her every night. I have a gathering of guys that come together. We love to watch MMA, and I will buy all the ice cream ahead of time. We always have two or three gallons of ice cream in the freezer just in case. I personally don't have them as often anymore, not because I don't like them. I love them. It's because uh, my waistline can't quite handle them. But making a milkshake, many people don't realize, number one, how easy it is, but they still don't do it right. I think the key is it's the quantity of milk. You don't need a lot of milk to make a nice, consistent milkshake. And to tell you the truth, people make them too thin all the time. They also, if you make them thick, they're going to melt a little bit and they're the perfect consistency. I realize this is super simple. There's nothing incredible about this, but I've had other people see and take notes and they make milkshakes for their kids my kids' friends, it was a great way for me to connect with my kids' friends when they would come over because I would always offer milkshakes and what kid doesn't want a milkshake? I've developed some great relationships with them. And uh, to this day, when they come over, even as adults, they still want a milkshake. So, Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little offended. I've yet to have one of your milkshakes. So since you're holding that out from me, maybe I'll bring my son in and that can be his first uh, milkshake experience from you. Well, uh, we're just going to have to prepare it at a time. I'll have to bring the ice cream and there's a uh, it's a regular old stinky blender. You know, everybody keeps saying to me, this is again, one thing that everybody's saying like 
for the last 10, 15 years, you can buy those special milkshake maker things that you can see at ice cream stores. No, just a regular old blender is what I use. And I rarely actually get milkshakes when I go out. Oh, I know the one story I was going to tell was, uh, so my favorite food, as, as I mentioned to you all, was those chicken wings that were at Evanston at Buffalo Joe's. So the friend of mine that I'd always go there with, his name's Dauber. And Dauber and I would always eat chicken wings. And back when I could eat large quantities of food, what we would do is we would then go down to an ice cream shop that was like 20, 30 minutes away. It's not around anymore, but it was in the Ravenswood area. It was called Zephyr. And Zephyr had a milkshake that you could get called the Marathon. And the Marathon, you know how when you go to a restaurant and the wait staff comes by and they pour the water into your cup out of those big round plastic water containers with mm-hmm, the ice in it. Mm-hmm. They would make an entire milkshake and fill that thing up to the top called the marathon. So he and I would eat as many chicken wings as we could. Then we would drive down there and then we would share a marathon. Wow. That was the good old days. <laughs> I, I take it you haven't done that in quite some time. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I don't. That's it's. I can't even believe I used to do it, actually. <laughs> well, terrific. That's a wrap for today. We'll talk to you next time. I have been slapped on my hand one too many times by my compliance attorney. This is to put me in good standing. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.